Because faith comes through hearing the message of Christ, this sermon has been uploaded for you by Grace Unlimited, a ministry that functions out of Living Hope Church, Pretoria, South Africa. We want Jesus Christ to have first place in everything in our church. And we want to help you know and follow Jesus in all of life and to help others do the same. Find out more or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za. Now we get to hear from God, so please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians. I've made a little sheet for the children uh, to listen to today, and we're going to listen for the word kindness, because we have come to the next fruit of the Spirit, which is kindness. And so there is a sheet that is in, in the church here, and so if you want to help the children follow along, please grab one of those sheets, and we're going to continue with our study of the fruit of the Spirit. Those last few Sundays, we've been talking about the importance of wisdom. But now we're going to get back to the study of the fruit of the Spirit in the Christian's life. And so let's read again from Galatians chapter 5, and we'll start reading in verse 22. And this is what God says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I'm thankful that we can get back to the book of Galatians today and continue the study because it's an important study for us. Because it helps us understand what a real Christian looks like. What does a real Christian look like? We live in a time where there's much confusion about what it means to be a Christian. But as we get back to our study of the fruit of the Spirit, we recognize that when the gospel of grace has landed on the good soil of your heart and the Spirit of God has taken up permanent residence in your life, then that person is going to grow to display more of who God is. And what we have seen thus far is that this list in Galatians 5.22 is not an exhaustive list of what it means to be a Christian. Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia and now talks about the opposite of what it looks like to be controlled by the flesh. In other words, living in the Spirit or by the Spirit each day is the solution to fighting against our sinful flesh. You remember Paul's strong words in verses 19 to 21 of chapter 5, where he says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. He says it's going to be obvious who's walking by the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And then he gives this big warning. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, the overall context of Galatians shows us there are people who are walking in the flesh and trusting in themselves, thinking that if they work hard enough at being a nice person, 
who is serious about the law of God, then they will inherit the kingdom of God. People who are saying, you need to become like us, Jews that are serious about the law, about keeping the Sabbath, and all of that religious stuff, then you will be a real Christian. But the problem is, there are also those in the church who think that because Jesus did everything for me, I can live in whichever way I want. I can give in to the desires of my flesh and that's not such a big deal. And I don't have to take growing and holiness and godliness as serious and make it a real priority in my life. However, we know Paul's argument is that people who belong to the kingdom of God are people who are controlled by the Spirit of God. Because if you're walking by the Spirit, you are living according to who you are in Jesus Christ. And because you are a child of God, by faith in what Christ has done on your behalf, you are going to display the qualities of our Heavenly Father to those around you. You are going to bear godly fruit. You are going to be fruitful. And it's going to be obvious. It's going to stand out. Because a dead tree with no fruit versus a tree that is alive in Christ and is flourishing is going to be clearly distinctive. You are going to be different from the people who do not know God or think they know God. And because you are different, you can make an impact in someone else's life. This is especially true of the next fruit of the Spirit that we are going to talk about today, which is kindness kindness. Thus far we have talked about the fruit of love, joy, peace, and patience. But today we are going to be talking about kindness. The fruit of kindness. Now when you start looking at the word kindness in the New Testament, you can see that it's almost the same as the next fruit which we'll study, which is goodness. Because it can mean goodness, uprightness, or generous. The Greek word for kindness is Christotes, which can carry two primary meanings. The one has to do with moral integrity. Like in Romans 3, where Paul says, No one does good, not even one. Good there can also be translated Christotes, kindness. But when you look at some other ways kindness is used in the Bible, you see that it has to do with having a gracious attitude, That is doing good towards others, even when it's hard. You kind of want to write that down. Having a gracious attitude that is doing good toward others, even when it's hard. So there's going to be a bit of an overlap with goodness. But the point is that when you are kind, you are being generous toward other people who do not expect it, perhaps, and who do not deserve it. And a display of true, biblical, spirit-empowered kindness can change someone's day and potentially their entire lives. Because that is what happened with you if you are a believer. God has shown us such great kindness in Jesus that it changes the way we show kindness toward other people. In other words, when we are talking about kindness we are not not talking about simply being a nice person. 
We're not talking about being Mr. Nice Guy. It's easy to think that you are being kind when you are being polite and respectful or when you help someone that you know and care about. But today, God is going to help us see that when we consider what it means to be kind, like God has been kind to us, then we see it's being gracious, compassionate, and merciful with other people, especially those who don't deserve it. Because when we are kind, we are resembling our Father. Because kindness is not a passive, but an active representation of love. In other words, you are being kind when you are imitating Jesus and being generous toward others in a number of ways. So the question for us today is, how do we grow in this kind of kindness? If this is a fruit and, and we need to grow in showing this fruit of kindness, how do we do it? We know Christians are supposed to be kind people, right? In fact, we read that we are commanded to be kind. We are told to put on kindness, Colossians 3 verse 12. But how can we grow to be kind in a way that reflects the kindness of God? And so today I want to mention three ways we can grow in displaying the fruit of kindness. If you are a God-fearing believer, then you can grow in kindness when you firstly identify God's kindness toward you. Fundamental. If you want to grow in showing kindness, then you have to identify God's kindness toward you. You must stop and think long and hard about God's kindness toward you and Jesus. Because we serve a God that is kind. Like all of the time. And God's kindness is His gracious attitude and actions towards sinners like us. Because the God we came to worship here today is a kind God. You see that, for example, when Paul was talking to the pagan people in Lystra, back in Acts 14. Paul just healed this man who has never walked a day in his life, and the pagan people reacted to that miracle by thinking that Barnabas is like the god Zeus, and Paul is like the god Hermes. Because these pagan people were trying to make sense of what they just saw. And so there were these priests who are now arranging for sacrifices to be made. And Paul hears about this and they tear their clothes in disgust and horror at this kind of blasphemy. And what Paul then does is he talks to them about the kindness of God. Acts 14, 15. Men, why are you doing these things, he says. We are also but men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, He allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet, verse 17, and here He's going to emphasize the kindness of God. Yet, He did not leave Himself without witness, for He did good or was kind, by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. You see, God has been kind to people who do not deserve it, who even worship false gods, and yet He still provides for them. 
We see God's kindness when Lot was brought to safety to avoid God's judgment on Sodom. Where Lot said, Genesis 19, 19, Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. Because the reality is, God does not owe you and me, or anyone on this planet, any kind of kindness. He has the right to judge us and wipe us out completely. God has the right to take you out for any kind of sin that you have committed just this week. For any kind of sin that you are playing around with. And there's nothing inside of us that should warrant that God should be kind to any of us in any way, shape or form. In Romans 11.22, Paul says, Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you. You see, for us to grow in kindness, we need to think deeply about how kind God has been to us in Jesus. That He pours out the severity of His holy justice on His Son. So that we can be transformed from our lives of pride and idolatry and false worship and become people who are kind. Because the truth is, you and I deserve to be wiped out for all the sin that we have committed against God. But just as God, in His kindness, provided this cleft in the rock for Moses to hide, when His powerful presence and glory was coming to come by, so God, in His kindness, provides protection for us in Jesus Christ. We deserve the severity and wrath of God, but we get His kindness. And the thing is, God is going to put that kindness of saving us on display forever. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians 2. This is so good. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He had loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, Paul says. Christ is the one that raises you to a new life in Christ. But that's not all, he says, verse 6. And raises us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But why? Verse 7. So that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Jesus. In other words, forever and ever. The whole universe will praise God for the kindness He has shown you in Jesus. So don't you think we need to start praising Him for that right now? That is what Paul said to Titus. and He says to Titus, go and get things in order on this God-forsaken island of Crete. And Paul knows that if you want to see lying evil, lazy gluttons become worshippers of a kind God, then point them to Jesus, who is kindness. Titus 3 verse 4. But when the goodness and loving what? When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. 
by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. In Jesus we find kindness so that you can become a fruitful, kind Christian. Empowered by the Spirit of God. You see, God's kindness became incarnate and went to the cross to save us based on His grace and mercy, based on His kindness. We deserve both wrath and justice, but what do we get instead? We get amazing grace. And do you know what you call that? You call that biblical kindness. When we look at the cross, we don't just see God being nice. We see His love in action. We see His mercy in action. We see His compassion in action. And we see His kindness toward those who do not deserve it. And once you've tasted the kindness of God, you want to share that same kindness with other people. And so just think about this past week. How has God shown you kindness that you did not deserve? How have you sinned against this holy, majestic God, but yet you are still able here to worship Him right now? How has He cared for you in ways that you don't always even know and understand? I mean, it's, it's as simple as like, you've been coming to church this morning and we don't even always know how God helped us to change the lanes at the right time so we could avoid being in an accident. Think about how He's provided for you. We're going through stuff like load shedding and even water shedding where there's no electricity for hours and we, some neighborhoods don't even have water for days. And so you often say, doesn't moments like these remind us how kind God has been providing for us every single day? And when we look at the cross, we see God providing for us not only to cover our sin from yesterday, but the sin of today and tomorrow. And this act of kindness is something we are going to be praising Him for in the age to come, and we will never be able to take it for granted then. Because that's our problem. We take it for granted. As one scholar says, if we think of the other fruit of the Spirit, we see that God's patience makes Him long-suffering with us, but... His kindness compels Him to do good to us in spite of what we deserve. And that is because we serve a kind God. And so how can I grow to be more kind toward other people? By slowing down firstly and identifying the kindness God has shown you. Thinking about how God has shown kindness to you. Next, if you are a believer who wants to grow in kindness, then you need to identify, secondly, how you are not being kind. One basic principle in life is that if you want to change, then you need to know where exactly it is that you need to change. Because kindness has many opposites, right? For example... One of the opposites of kindness is selfishness. 
selfish people struggle to be kind towards others because they are just thinking about themselves. When you think of a child who grabs a toy from his sibling or a friend, how they need to be shown that by doing that, they are not only being selfish, but they are also not being kind. Because being kind is not putting me first, but putting me last. It's willing to let someone else go before you, even if you've been waiting in line for such a long time yourself. Kids, it's helping your brother or your sister with their chores, even if it's not your department. Husband and wives, it's not correcting your spouse in front of the other person, even though what they've said you don't agree with, even if it's something that was said about you. Because where selfishness says me first, kindness says me last. Another opposite of being kind is being someone that is critical and harsh. Critical and harsh. If you are constantly being critical of other people, then you are not going to be someone that is growing in kindness toward others. Because the problem with critical and harsh people are they are hiding behind their own false justifications of why they are being so critical. They would say stuff like, hey, I am just being truthful. I'm just being honest. But sometimes, even if you are being honest, you are not busy being very kind in how you say it. I mean, a simple example is if my wife asks me how does she look and I tell her that what she is wearing looks terrible. I mean, it might be true, but that is not a kind thing to say, is it? I could rather say something like, I think you might have other options that could work better. The same is true with being harsh. I mean, there's this false idea we have that we get from the world that we think that to be a real man, for example, you need to be tough. And so when a dad is being tough on his son, he might think that that is what's going to help his son become a real man. I mean, your child gets hurt and you're like, get up and get over it. Or he leaves his ball outside and you're like, you're giving this ball to someone else who will appreciate it, shouting at him, never again can he play with his ball. See, someone that is harsh is not someone that is showing the kindness of Jesus. What about being rude? Another opposite of kindness is thinking we have the right to be rude with other people. Someone that is rude with their waiter at a restaurant, for example, thinking that person must serve me the way I want to be served, this person will not be growing in the fruit of kindness. And if you're hiding behind thinking that you're just being direct, then you make it clear that you do not understand kindness. Yes, there are times where we need to be direct, but it can still be done in a way where we are gentle and kind instead of being rude. What about anger? Another opposite to kindness is anger. We think we have the right to become angry when other people do not do what we expect them to do. But Paul knows this is a problem. So in Ephesians 4.31, Paul says to the church, Let all bitterness and wrath 
and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And instead of being someone that is full of anger, Paul says in verse 32, what should we do instead? Be what? Be kind to one another. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Someone that is struggling with being kind is someone that is going to struggle with anger. Someone that is struggling with being kind is the person who will slander other people. Someone that is struggling with being kind is someone that does not understand true gospel forgiveness. That is why it's so important to look at your life and see in what areas you are actually not being kind to other people. Because if you want to grow in kindness, you need to know where you need to grow. Are you constantly putting yourself first? Are you constantly putting others down? Is your speech seasoned with salt, tasty, Or are you someone that is constantly being critical and harsh towards others? Proverbs 18.21 gives us wisdom again. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words of kindness can actually be full of life for someone else. It can be words that are fruitful. But are they? Are they? Is there someone you actually need to ask for forgiveness because you realize you are not being kind to them? See, part of the context in Ephesians 4 shows us that as soon as we stop growing in kindness toward each other, we not only stop in growing in unity, but we break down that unity that the kindness of Jesus has obtained for us. Which is the same problem that's happening in the churches in Galatia. And will be the same problem in any church where people start feeling entitled, expecting other people to do stuff for them, even though people are busy being unkind toward each other in all these evil ways. You see, if I develop this kind of, I deserve this mindset, then you really have forgotten the kindness you have received in Jesus. And then selfishness and being harsh and critical along with anger and rudeness all then takes over in how we relate to each other even in the church. And so for us to avoid that, Paul says, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. If we're going to grow in the fruit of kindness, we need to identify God's kindness toward you and identify how you are not being kind to others. And now thirdly, Identify opportunities to show kindness even when it's hard. If you want to be someone that is growing in the fruit of kindness, then you must look for opportunities to show kindness even when it's difficult. Because honestly, it's easy to be kind to people who are kind to us. But look at how Jesus says it. Luke 6, 27. But I say to you, here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. 
To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. You see, one of the best ways we see if we are actually being kind toward other people is to see if you are being kind to people who are against you. Who make it hard for you. Because Jesus says, love your enemies. Love them. Be good to them. Those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And you're like... There's no way I can do all of that if people are ugly with me. This is taking kindness to a whole new level. Because it's easy to be kind to people who love you and who treat you well. But what about those who don't? And Jesus then gives us some examples of what this could look like. Because he says, if someone strikes you on the one side of the face, offer them the other side as well. If someone takes your jacket, give them your shirt as well. Because Jesus is saying that kindness is being willing to sacrifice for the good of someone else, even if they are being mean and unkind to you. It's responding to those who seem to be against you by willing to lose so that they can win. Being willing to lose so that they can win. It's like when you're playing games with your kids. Sometimes as a parent you will lose on purpose so that your child can win. Jesus is saying that is what he did at the cross. I lay down my life for those who hated me, who cursed me, who abused me. And I prayed for them and gave myself for them so that they could win eternal life. And those who belong to me are going to go into this world and be willing to lose against those who are against you so that you can show them the kindness of Jesus in order their lives could be changed forever. And so if you want to grow in kindness, then you are going to have to look for intentional ways you can show undeserved kindness to people who are not being kind to you. Now, it's a simple example. Simple, simple example here at the church. What if you took that principle? The next time, instead of complaining that no one invited you to their house or to this event, you invite them to yours. You show kindness to them. What about work? How can you give your other cheeks to that co-worker or to that boss this week? How can you keep giving more when all they do is taking and taking and take more from you? Well, we must keep looking at Jesus and see that even if we don't have to do it, we will do it anyway because that is what Jesus did for us. That's gospel kindness. Romans 5 verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die, but God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
when we remember that we do not deserve the kindness of Jesus, and when we marinate ourselves in what He has done for us, then we will be able to do good, bless, and pray for those who are against us. Then we will grow in showing kindness to people who do not deserve it, because we know we don't deserve it either. Because when we look at Jesus, we see His entire ministry was a ministry of kindness, right? Kindness to the poor, kindness to the sick, kindness to people who were blind and lame, people who were lepers, people who were from different cultures like the Samaritans, people who had different religious backgrounds like the Gentiles, kindness towards his fellow Jews, toward orphans and widows, prostitutes and tax collectors, towards all these kinds of people everywhere. Because Jesus shows us the kind heart of God. And daily He shows kindness to people like us so that we can extend His kindness to others who need it. And maybe you struggle with the kindness of Jesus because as you look at your circumstances right now, you don't think that God is actually a very kind God. Because maybe you're thinking, I can't... See how he's showing kindness towards me because he's only showing kindness towards other people. God is making my life super hard right now. And if you're honest with yourself, you don't think you can see any of his kindness in your life. Because all you can see is your own suffering. And the lie that comes to people's thinking is that you think God is nice to other people, but He's not nice to you. But that's not true, is it? Because if you stop and think about it, you see that God in His kindness uses the brokenness of our circumstances and the foolishness of our decisions, and He makes it work out for our good and His glory. That is gospel kindness. And if you want to grow in the fruit of showing this kind of kindness, then identify God's kindness towards you. Take some time this week. Sit down and even write down ways in which God has shown kindness toward you through Jesus and through other people. Is your page going to be empty? Because then you're believing a lie. makes me think of our recent trip to the U.S. where we were planning to stay with this one family, but because of their house was still under construction, we ended up staying with other believers. And that was God's absolute kindness towards our family for many, many reasons. And the more I think about all the ways God has been so kind to me, it helps me think how I can be kind to others in the same way. But if we're going to grow in the fruit of kindness, then we must also identify ways in which we are not being kind. And what ways are you being selfish? And what ways are you critical and harsh? And what ways are you becoming angry that causes you to gossip or be rude to others? But then also, if we're going to grow in the fruit of kindness, we need to identify opportunities. Look for the opportunities to show kindness even when it would be hard. Is there someone you can help and show kindness towards who would not expect it this week?
Can you identify specific people who struggle to be kind to you? What steps can you take to move toward them and show them the kindness of Jesus? Because we know that kindness is also something that can be abused and taken advantage of. If someone, for example, keeps coming to our church so they can receive a, a food pack from our pantry, then that would be sad. If that was their only motivation. But that does not mean we are going to stop collecting food and help those who are in need. It might just mean that we try to reach out to this person more and show them kindness in another way. Because we also know that God's patience and His kindness is meant to lead people to repentance. Very important. That's why Paul said in Romans 2 verse 4, Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? People who are living for themselves need to see and experience the kindness of Jesus because that can lead them to true repentance. Because as we point people back to Christ, we help them see how kind He is to not give us what we truly deserve. That there is time for them to repent, turn from their sin, and put their faith and trust in Jesus. So let us be a praying church. Praying that God would help us to appreciate the kindness that He has shown us in Christ. And that He would help us to show that same kindness to others who don't deserve it. That we would be willing to be uncomfortable for the good of others. Because kindness has the power to change a life. And it changed yours if you're a believer because it changes everything. It changes everything. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your absolute kindness towards us in Christ. Father, it's so easy for us to go through a day, through a week, through a month, through a year, and just assume this kindness. To not appreciate the kindness you show us on a daily basis. The way you care for us. The way you protect us. The way you provide for us. The way you, you guide our lives. The way your spirit leads us into holiness. The way you reveal more of yourself to us so that we can worship you for who you are. Such a kind and glorious God. And so Father, help us to evaluate even this week. Not only how kind you have been to us, but how we have not been kind to others. So we can turn away from that selfishness, that, that anger, that harshness, that critical spirit, that slanderous tongue. And be intentional, Lord, to look for ways to show kindness to those who do not deserve it. To be willing to go out of our way to show kindness to people who seem to take it for granted. Trusting that, Lord, that you would use all of these things to glorify yourself. That we would be so in worship of the kindness we have received in Christ that we know as we worship you now, this is what we're going to be doing forever and ever and ever. All of creation worshiping you for the kindness you have shown us in Jesus Christ.
And so help us not to be entitled. Help us not to think we deserve anything. But recognize that we only deserve your wrath and your judgment. Yet we get kindness. So Father, help us to grow in this fruit this year and show intentional kindness towards others. Through your spirit and through your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.